Ovajana, Tumirandasya, Yanam Jana Shalakaya, Chakshur Militam Yuna Tatsmai Shigaravinamaha. It may seem strange that Kunti Devi is being asked. She's asking the Lord to cut her affection for the Pandavas who are pure devotees. We should be very much attached to pure devotees. The pastimes of Krishna are to be understood from the vantage point of Leela in which they take place. Mm-hmm. That what appears to be material attachment for devotees is not because it's part of the Lord's pastime. It appeared that Yudhishthira Maharaj was very anxious to get back his kingdom and to avenge the insults poured upon him by the Kauravas. It would appear that Yudhishthira Maharaj is a very materially attached person. Although we, we find in the Mahabharata that uh, Yudhishthira Maharaj said that the only reason I want my kingdom, but I don't care for it, but personally, but I want it so that I can, uh, I can't execute my, I can't execute dharma properly unless I have a kingdom. Kshatriya requires a kingdom to rule, otherwise he can't act as a Shatriya. is not acting as a Shatriya. But then even to execute such dharma, that's also on the worldly platform. Because Krishna gives the, uh, the essence of all dharma is Sarvadhaman Give up all worldly conceptions of religion and just surrender. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave the uh, concept of Atma Dharma or the Dharma of the soul. Nahamdipro, Narapatir, Nati Vaisho, Nashudra. I am not a Brahmana, Kshatriya, Vaisho, or Shudra. Nahambani, Nagrihasto. Anyway, that I'm not a Navanasto, Yatiyaba, Kintu, Prodhyan, Nikilamanda, Kobibato, Parikamara, Dasarasa. I'm not a Brahmachari, Vinasta, Vaisha. Vanakasta uh, or Sanyasa. I simply identify myself as the servant of the servant of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is the maintainer of the Gopin. So it would appear that the, the, the Pandavas are acting on the platform of worldly dharma, which uh, mostly manifests within the Karma Kanda section. It is mostly manifest on the worldly platform in the form of the of karma kanda. Um, although its uh, ultimate goal is to lead towards Krishna consciousness. Now, if, if the Pandavas are pure devotees, then why are they acting on the platform of worldly dharma? This is a, maybe a little uh, complex to understand. Maybe a little complex and therefore difficult to understand. But this is uh, enacted within the, or by the Leela Shakti of the Supreme Lord, which uh, fulfills various purposes, all for the pleasure of the Lord and for the benefit of the conditioned living beings. 
Now, uh, Krishna wanted his ideal devotees to set the ideal example of uh, worldly dharma. Because that is the that is required for human society. That worldly dharma should be executed ultimately to the pleasure of Krishna can only be demonstrated by Krishna's pure devotees. So, uh, Yudhishthira Maharaj apparently acted on the platform of worldly dharma. And the uh, summit of his kingly, uh, of the demonstration of his kingly opulence was his arranging the Rajasuya Yajna which was uh, performed for the pleasure of Krishna. Thus demonstrating to the people of this world and to the inhabitants of the universe that uh, dharma is meant to satisfy Krishna. Now, the gopis of Vrindavan are uh, on, considered on a higher platform even than that of Yudhishthira because they transcended worldly dharma altogether in running to Krishna, abandoning their homes. Now, the fact that they transcend, transcended worldly dharma is their, is their glory. For the sake of serving Krishna, they transcended worldly dharma. So that is, that is glorious. And that is not to be misinterpreted or misunderstood, but therefore there is, no, there is no need for dharma in human society. There is a lot of difference between the adharmic or non-dharmic activities of fallen persons and the adharmic or superdharmic, that which transcends dharma, activities of the gopis. The dharma is required in human it's required so that the people that so that it can be demonstrated that how great are the pure devotees who transcend them. Dharma is required. If there's, if there's no dharma yeah. to show, yeah. then uh, it, it would appear dharma. that following dharma is the highest end of human societies. Yeah. And, but even greater than that is to transcend dharma. So if there's no dharma to transcend, then how can it be transcended? To give a, an example which is uh, quite fitting in the modern age, there's a lot of difference between a, a person who's not attached to his wife because he's simply a, a a wretch, he has no moral principles whatsoever. And between someone who's not attached to his wife because he's so much attached to Krishna. If we see a, a devotee, supposed to be a devotee, who's, who doesn't care for his family, doesn't look after them, we may think, oh, he's very advanced, he's detached from his family. That might be true if uh, he's detached from his family because he's totally absorbed in Krishna consciousness. But if we, if we see someone who's not attached to their family, but he's uh, he just had an irresponsibility, then uh, he, it's obviously quite different from the elevated stage of Krishna consciousness. It's simply nonsense. He's detached because he's... Yeah, because he's just right. irresponsible. That's all. Mm. Our Vaishnava Acharyas have shown the example of executing their worldly duties those and simultaneously being Krishna conscious. The great example of a responsible Vaishnava Acharya maybe has to ask on this, of course, Srila Bhakti So, going back to Yudhishthira Maharaj, um, 
It was also required that uh, Krishna wanted him to uh, execute the dharmic duties as if uh, like a pious materialist. So that was uh, it was also arranged by the leader Shakti of Allah, which uh, affects the consciousness of the pure devotees. Because in this material world, if we try to do anything, there will be many obstacles. And especially if we try to do anything good, there will be many obstacles. If we try to do anything uh, spiritual or anything for ultimate benefit, there will be many obstacles. So a pious person, when trying to do good, naturally only a pious person tries to do good, then uh, in difficulty he will call out to God, who will certainly uh, help them in their noble efforts. So uh, this gives the opportunity for the pious persons to advance in the path of Krishna consciousness. And uh, also gives the opportunity to uh, demonstrate how, how God is imminent in this world, even if we can't see Him. We can see the hand of God in the lives of the devotees. And anyone who's practicing Krishna consciousness must, if we think about it, we can see how Krishna has acted in our lives to help us come to Krishna consciousness and stay in Krishna consciousness and overcome obstacles in our path of Krishna consciousness. Is it not, can you not recognize the, the hand of Krishna in your lives? What is it, anyone? And uh, so Krishna's helping his devotees helps them to be convinced that there is Krishna. Uh, Now this is a little different with the Pandavas case because Krishna was directly present. So they didn't need convincing them. Krishna is. Although he was personally present, not everyone recognized him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. But the Pandavas did. Kunti Devi certainly did. She's addressing him here as Vishvesha, the Lord of the Universe, as Vishvatma, the soul of the Universe. Uh, now, the struggles of the Pandavas and the intervention of Krishna to help them that also forms a, a a stage for Krishna's lila to take place. Krishna has many wonderful pastimes, but if there's not if if there's nothing for him to do, then how can he have pastimes? Krishna declares in Bhagavad Gita, "Name kamani limpanti." I'm not attached to any particular. I'm not attached to work. I'm not obliged to do any work. So Krishna is not obliged to do any work. But then, if he didn't do anything, then he wouldn't have any lila. And there wouldn't be anything for him to do except stand on an altar and accept people's arati. He would say, he's gone. Oh, okay, he's gone. Yeah, then what? Just like people, they have this, I, I, the Christians, they say, you'll go to heaven and you'll be with God. And then what? They have no idea. They have no idea what are the activities of God. What is his meaning? That's why one of the... Uh, I think he must be dead now, but uh, the the Archbishop of Canterbury the, was the head or the number one Protestant Christian in the world. I mean, 
supposed to be the spiritual leader of literally millions of people. He's supposed to be the uh, he's supposed to be the guiding people towards God. <coughs> he's completely ignorant of what is the nature of God, and his guess is completely foolish. Because when he was asked, "What will you do when you go to heaven?" They presumed he was going to heaven, although I doubt it, because like most Christians, he's a meat eater and you know, how he does. So he said, I'll, I, when I go to heaven, I will spend the first hundred years glorifying God and the rest of eternity enjoying myself. <laughs> no idea of who is God, what is our relationship with Him. So Krishna has transcendental activity. He's, he's not, God is not just sitting on some cloud somewhere and you know, rubbing his stomach and trying to improve his digestion or something. <laughs> trying, thinking of how to invent a new kind of belly button cleaner. <laughs> belly button means this hole in the neighborhood. Oh. <laughs> or playing knots and crosses. From time to time. Looking over the edge of his car <laughs> and throwing a few thunderbolts down. <laughs> yeah, no idea who is God. That's why we don't even like to use the word God because it gives the it gives the Christian connotation, which is just ridiculous. The supreme personality of God, or Krishna, which means the supreme personality of Godhead, and more. So, uh, Krishna, he has not, no activities to perform. It means he's not obliged to perform any activities. <coughs> he is independent, <coughs> swara. But still he performs activities for his pleasure. And although he's not obliged, he becomes obliged to the uh, love of his devotees. So his Leela Shakti arranges for his devotees to act in this world with its concomitant difficulties and then call out for the help of Krishna who then comes and helps them. And this way Krishna enjoys himself. He does various things which only God can do. Uh, in relationship with the Pandavas he performed various activities that no one else can do. <coughs> such as uh, taking a little scrap from Draupadi's Akshay Patra, inexhaustible part. And then all the Durvasamuni and the 60,000 disciples feeling full, not able to eat anymore. Uh, again, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, when Arjun had vowed that he will kill Jarasandha before the sun sets, or otherwise he will enter into fire, Arjuna will enter into fire and kill himself. So on that day, when everyone thought the sun had set, Krishna made it come back up again. And he saved Rikshi mm-hmm. in the womb. Actually, even a, a, a perfect, uh, powerful yogi could perform some such activities. Mm-hmm. Although generally they don't. Krishna performed such activities without performing the austerities of a yogi. Nor was he bereft of the abilities. Uh, no, no, he was not bereft of Siddhi after performing such activities. If a yogi performs such 
magical activities and he loses the results of his ascesis and then again he has to go and do some more austerities to get power back. Just like uh, Vishwamitram, he uh, created a rival universe for enthroning Sushankar. But after doing so, he was he couldn't do anything more. He, he was finished. He was just back to the start. He had no more yogic shakti left. And Krishna neither performed austerities to gain power, nor was he nor was he diminished in power after performing wonderful activities. And some of the activities he performed were not uh, were not uh, possible even for great yogis such as taking Arjuna through the coverings of the universe to Mahavishnu. So, getting to the point of this verse, um, is Kunti Devi, what is her attachment to the Pandavas? That should seem something good. But within the context of Leela, being influenced by the Leela Shakti, she's thinking it's like some material attachment. This has to be understood very carefully. Prabhupada comments also that um, because of the family bondage, uh, they, they felt obliged to ask for benediction for the, for the, from Krishna for the sake of the family. Kundidevi was asking. She has prayed, Vipada Santita Shashvat Tatra Tatra Jagat Guru Darshanam Bhavato Yatsyat. She has prayed that let there be more and more dangers so that we can remember so that we can in danger remember you again and again for by remembering you we will not have to see birth and death again. She is praying let there be danger and then we will call for you for your, then we will remember you then that is good and we will be Krishna conscious. But now she is speaking on an even uh, higher level that uh, well, if we, if we, it's good if we remember you, but it's better that we remember you not for the sake of our material benefit, but we should just remember you anyway. As she expresses in the next verse, which is the last of her prayers. Last of her prayers means it's the last uh, petition she makes from Krishna, and after that she there's one more verse of her praising Krishna. Mm-hmm. So her final prayer or request from Krishna uh, is given in the next verse. Yeah. In this verse, she's praying that let my Lord please cut my attachments to the Pandavas and Vishnus. Why? What for? Why should that be? Uh, that she uh, expresses in the next verse. You can read the translation. So the Ganga is flowing towards the sea is not. Conditional. It doesn't depend on any condition. Mm. Suddenly the Ganga becomes swollen in the monsoon, which is presently going on. Mm. But even in the dry season, when rivulets, they may dry up, but the Ganga always remains a mighty river. So, uh, Kunti Devi's ultimate prayer is one for, let me, let me, my devotion be, uh, Tibra Bhakti, very strong devotion in all circumstances. It is, uh, it's very good to pray for difficulty so that we can remember the Lord. But even better than that is to, uh, be so 
fixed in bhakti that it doesn't make any difference whether one is in a, a so-called happy position or an unhappy position. And in any condition, he uh, he simply uh, is overwhelmed with love for Krishna. In this regard, there's a Hindi quotation. Dukse sab, dukse sab hari bhaje. In distress, everyone, at least everyone who's pious, they worship the Lord, Hari. Sukse bhaje coin. Who will worship him in, uh, when, when they're happy? What's the need? Sukse aga hari bhaje. If in happiness, in happy condition, one still worships Hari. Dukhatan sahoy. Dukhatan sehoy. Which means that for such a person, where is the distress? There is no question of distress. So this is the better condition to be, in all circumstances, to be uh, wrapped up in pure love for Krishna, which actually Kunti Devi was anyway. She was? Yeah, she was. No, I forgot to do this. The connection. Between this and this, what was... I mean, what's the meaning she was? She was what? That if if, uh, if one is even in happiness, no. that one worships yeah, the yeah. Lord. So she was worship. in distress. She was no, she was she was in the position that right. in, in Sukh and Duk, yeah, yeah. she's always fully Christian conscious. But uh, by the Lila Shakti of the Lord, she and the Pandavas and the Vishnis, they appear to be like. Uh, Pious materialists desiring the help of God. But like I said, it's a little complex because it's uh, persons are playing certain roles, but their their actual their underlying bhav or attitude may not be what appears to be uh, expressed. Now another important point that should be discussed in this connection. That we may think, well, you see, Kundi Devi says we should uh, not be attached to our family. So, my dear wife and five children, I hereby declare I'm not attached to you. Get but the hell out of here. Now I'm going to become a pure devotee by abandoning my wife. We met someone quite a long time ago. And where you there? In some place, I can't remember, some public program. And the man was saying, I'm going to leave my wife. She's an obscure official. <laughs> Is anyone there? I can't remember where that was. Is anyone there with me at that time? I was talking to him for quite a long time. So you're, you're not so advanced that you're, 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 that you're so detached that you that you're just going to remain free from family. You'll just you'll just go to some other one. You're not so detached. But he was adamant. Now I'm going to leave my wife. She's an obstacle in my Krishna. He was saying right in front of us. She was sitting right there. <laughs> Very cruel person, I think. Um, so, uh, how should we understand this properly? We find in the Bhagavatam, in, in, in the text and in the purports also, it's sometimes said that a, a woman is an obstacle for spiritual advancement, and then again we find that a good wife is a great help for advancement in Krishna consciousness. So, uh, both things are possible and they, uh, 
different texts or different statements apply to different people and maybe even to the same people at different stages in their spiritual advancement. Which is one reason why uh, it's also required to have guru, a spiritual guide. But one cannot simply by by reading books understand exactly how to apply them in our own personal life. Now, although attachment to home and wife is uh, is an obstacle in Krishna consciousness, on the other hand, if one is not uh, so advanced to be renounced, then uh, it's it's better to have fixed home and wife rather than simply going for prostitutes or whatever. And another point is, if the uh, wife is Krishna conscious, then it's certainly helped to become Krishna conscious. In many cases where the uh, wife is more advanced or, or more fixed in her Krishna consciousness than the husband. And uh, ideal as if it's a joint effort, husband and wife together, consciousness. For brahmacharis we say, well, if you don't, if, if you're able to remain strong in Krishna consciousness without getting entangled in that, then don't get entangled. Because to have to work and so many things, it means... Uh, the Grihastha doesn't have the same opportunity to concentrate fully on service to Guru and Krishna like the Brahmacharya does. For women, it is generally said it is required that they require a man to live with his husband. Sometimes young women say they don't want to get married, but usually those who say that, once they get to the age of 30, 35, then they start, they may regret it or they may have so many. Uh, Psychological problems. They started going crazy. <laughs> um, so, uh, husband and wife should live together in Krishna consciousness, help each other. This is uh, elaborately explained in certain sections of the Shastra. How the wife acts in. Uh, in, in different times, she takes different roles in relationship to the husband, like friend, minister, come up, or advisor. Well, sometimes like a friend, sometimes like a minister or advisor. Sometimes like a mother, sometimes like a lover. So, uh, those who are married in Krishna consciousness, they should be very moral, ideal lives. Be happy together in Krishna consciousness. Bring up Krishna conscious children. And when, the, when you're older and the children are grown up, then renunciation should be should be considered. Vana Pastalai, husband and wife together executing Krishna consciousness. Or maybe separately also. Or maybe occasionally seeing each other like that. But this... Uh, Materialistic renunciation. Well, I'm just fed up at this point. I don't like this husband anymore, so forget it. That's not good. Of course, sometimes it happens that either the husband or wife takes to Krishna consciousness and the other spouse is not interested and then it becomes a totally uh, incompatible situation. But even in that situation, if the, if the Krishna conscious partner can adjust to live in that situation, that, that's, if the other spouse can tolerate it, then that's, that's better than just 
cutting divorce. In general, we don't promote divorce at all. Anyway, once we start discussing family life, it's it, it's a very big discussion and can be very complex. It's like I've said that at some point I want to write a book giving guidance for Krihastas and Krishna consciousness. I already wrote a book, Brahmacharya and Krishna consciousness, which is very useful for Krihastas also. So this is the book, how big it is. Now, I'm going to write... You have to write Prihasta life in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> <laughs> it's more complicated. Anyway, the essence of Prihasta life or renounced life is the same. Grihe tako, bane tako, sada hari bale dako. Live in the uh, uh, home or family life or renounced life, whatever, chanta. Any family life? Adjust. You have to adjust. Make adjustments. Learn to live peacefully. <laughs> it's a very normal thing. Maybe two generations ago, the husband and wife lived peacefully together. Even if they were beef eaters and drunkards, they had no idea of Krishna consciousness. Still, their basic family life was quite settled. But nowadays, even if we're practicing the high ideals of Krishna consciousness, we think it's a very wonderful thing if husband and wife can live peacefully together. I think the uh, actually the the intense uh, instability in people's minds, which becomes it, it creates instability in marriages. That's that's much more prominent in the Western countries like England, America, Germany, than Russia. So we better hope for you. <laughs> In the Western countries, it's a very degraded situation. So our request to all the uh, Vaishnav householders is live peacefully. When your children are grown up, then uh, live a more renounced life. Don't artificially become detached prematurely. As I often say, even if husband and wife throw everything in the house at each other every day, they should pick it up again and go uh, on and live together till the next day. And again, they throw it at each other. We hope there won't be disturbance in the home, which generally won't be if the, if the a lot depends on the wife. She should be very uh, adjustable to the husband. But even if there is some occasional friction, then let it be over and go on with it. Anyway, how do you Any questions about this class? One or two. What about Shri What did he recommend uh, to be host as well and become mature and when the kids are grown up? So, these two together. To live separately, or for husband, for example, to take some less, or recommending them to live together? That I already covered in the class. That. Uh, when the children are old, then they can live as vanafastas, either together or separate, or sometimes together, sometimes separate. That would be the general situation. If the husband is uh, very advanced and fit for preaching, then he may also take some years. I didn't directly quote Prabhupada saying this, but uh, generally we understood that what I'm saying is based on what Prabhupada said, even if I don't quote him every second. <laughs> When Krishna relieves the body, 
of this Soviet attachment? Is it necessary that some events take place that help get rid of this? Or they, they just go by themselves, these attachments? Uh, if Krishna actively gets involved to relieve one of an attachment, it usually means that it's a pretty strong one. And his, thus his relieving the devotee of the attachment usually uh, takes the form of some event that the devotee may appear to at first perceive as being catastrophic. Sometimes we think that, well, attachments just go away. Maybe. But it's not always that easy. Sometimes you think, well, now I'm 18 years old and I have so much material desire, but when I'm, when I'm 60, then automatically it won't go away. Like, we just go away and cost the time. But we should, under- we should understand that the material attachments or, or desires for sense enjoyment, it's not due to the age of the body, it's due to the disease of the soul. So maybe if we perform intense sadhana, um, then in course of time it will go away. But it's not just that in course of time it automatically goes away because we get old. A young man may be very strong and have very inflamed sensual desires. So the fire might go down a bit, but it doesn't automatically go out as we get older. So, yeah, that question. Often Krishna arranges some something to happen by which we become uh, detached. Now, one thing we should understand that the object of our attachment is not the cause of our attachment. You may think, well, this uh, this young lady is very beautiful, therefore I'm so much attached to her. That is not the, the beauty of the young lady is not the cause of the attachment. The cause of the detachment of the attachment is the disease within our heart. So uh, Krishna may arrange that the uh, beautiful young lady runs off with someone else, and therefore uh, we feel, oh, now I and I have no chance to be with her. Therefore, we may that shock may help to arouse in our heart feelings of detachment. But unless we're very uh, fixed in, in uh, unless we're very intelligent to take that lesson uh, and maintain that detachment in our hearts, then that attachment will again arise maybe for the same young lady or for another young lady or for a dog or a cat or whatever. Alright, one more question. <coughs> If a husband and wife practice Krishna consciousness together and the wife makes uh, better advancement, quicker advancement of Krishna consciousness and gets initiation first, is it okay? Uh, it's, it's acceptable. Generally we recommend husband and wife should come together. Usually making that condition makes the other one come up quicker. Conditional. Usually, if we say that we should both get initiated together, then the other one who's lagging behind, that that gives them some inspiration to come up quicker. All right, that's all the questions for now.